Welcome to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's very first podcast focused on entrepreneurship and investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Today's show guest is Dawoon Kang, co-founder of the popular dating app Coffee Meets Bagel. Dawoon co-founded Coffee Meets Bagel along with her sisters, and as COO and head of marketing, she oversees the company's overall vision, strategy, branding, and marketing. She's given a number of talks about dating, tech, and entrepreneurship to groups such as Woman 2.0, the Commonwealth Club, and a recent TED Talk with her sister in San Francisco on the theme, The Beautiful Truth About Online Dating. We have a pretty good time talking about her app and actually about dating in general on today's episode. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, let's get on to the show. Hi, Dawoon. Thank you so much for joining us on the J. Kim Show, and we're very happy to have you on board today. Great. Thanks for having me, Jay. Um, for the audience listening in uh, from around the world, maybe you could give us a little quick introduction on who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah, so my name is Dawn. I am the co-founder of Coffee Meets Bagel. Um, and Coffee Meets Bagel is a dating app designed for with uh, designed with woman in mind um, by woman. I started this company a few years ago with my sisters, uh, my two sisters in New York City. So uh, this is quite a hot space right now. I, th I think uh, I've I haven't used uh, any sort of dating apps uh, myself because I've been married for a long time, uh, <laughs> long long before these apps came about. But I imagine you know I've, I've seen friends using them and and uh, and there there are a lot out there. So um, maybe uh, maybe you can. Tell us specifically how Coffee Meets Bagel differs from maybe some of the other ones uh, like Tinder that, that more, m most people know about. Uh, sure. Yeah. So when we started Coffee Meets Bagel, um, you know, what we noticed about uh, that was interesting about this industry is that there are no shortage of dating services. You, you know, you mentioned, Jay, that the space is very hot. I mean, it's always been very hot um, uh, in that in, on any given day, there are tons of options that people can choose from. But what was interesting is that um, there really was no service in our mind that women could feel excited about using. Um, and then we looked into the space a little more. What was even more interesting is that this industry has always had difficulty recruiting and retaining women, uh, women users, uh, female users, I guess I, would, uh, I should say. Um, the gender ratio among the online dating participants is typically 65 to 35 percent. But um, if you take that uh, into consideration that men are twice as active typically than women, um, the gender ratio could be as lopsided as 85 percent men and 15 percent women. And you can only imagine um, in that scenario what the experience is like for both men and women. You know, men are typically very frustrated because they don't hear back and women are frustrated because they feel overwhelmed. Mm. And... Um, and so we said, hey, let's create a brand and product experience that really speaks to women. Well, what matters most to women when it comes to dating is quality. And, um, you know, surprise, we, we just couldn't uh, find uh, dating apps out there that really, um, millennial dating apps out there that really put a lot of emphasis on 
quality and safety. And so that's kind of um, why we decided to start Coffee Meets Bagel. And everything that we do, starting with our branding um, and any kind of product innovation, we do it with a uh, woman's experience in mind. That's uh, that's a very novel approach. I think that, uh, you know, I've, again, I, I, I don't have that much experience with these apps, but um, I know that sort of, like you said, uh, online dating and matchmaking and just finding love in general is very, uh, it has always been a very, uh, you know, focus, uh, hot topic, so to speak, for, for everyone. Um, and there's, you know, there's a big, there's a big market for that. A lot of people will pay a lot of money to uh, find their match or, uh, or a partner. So um, having come up with something that uh, specifically focused uh, with the woman in mind is pretty unique. And I think it's a great idea um, because you hear about these <laughs> horror stories all the time, right? And I read about them probably like once every couple of months where just someone has a bad experience with, uh, with, with someone else that they've met on Tinder and, and this sort of thing. Um, okay, so coffee meets bagel. Uh, first of all, where did, how does how did, where did the name come from? How did you guys come up with that? <laughs> yeah, you know what was interesting is that when we were thinking about our name and branding, we did a lot of testing and um, the overall feel that we um, we were uh, experimenting in between was, well, do we want to go for a, you know more friendly kind of next door neighbor? Um, kind of feel or do we want to go with more like nightclub kind of like exclusive feel mm. um of a brand and what was funny is that when we asked the men they said oh i like the nightclub feel because i feel like <laughs> i could meet models and when we asked the ladies uh we heard oh i hate that because i feel like i need to compete with models um and what they really wanted was something that feels more comfortable and mm. um uh, friendly. And, and so we decided to go with the concept coffee and, you know, what goes perfectly with coffee, we chose bagel because it's such a staple food in New York city, which is a city where we started, um, coffee meets bagel. Oh, right. Okay. So it's like, Oh, let's go grab a coffee as opposed to, uh, approaching a girl in a nightclub, that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, you can think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, when you go inside the app, um, I guess it's set up like, uh, uh, you know, like, like the other apps where you enter your profile information, but, um, there's, you have some, uh, sort of, uh, restrictions or, or I guess some scarcity, uh, when it comes to, uh, the way your app works. So maybe you can explain that a little bit for the audience. Yeah. So the way, sir, um, Coffee Meets Bagel works is every day at noon, um, you receive a handful of curated matches, which we call bagels. And the um, bagels are curated by our smart algorithm, which takes into consideration many different things like your uh, background, like your education, your um, job, your demographic information, of course, your interest, um, as well as your friend network. We try to prioritize introducing you to somebody who you have a, you, you don't know, but it's not your friend, um, but you have a few common friends with. Um, and also your like past history. So all these things that go into um, uh, consideration and we we um, curate you a selection of people. Now, what's interesting um, is that because we've observed so many different ways that uh, different behaviors um, that are exhibited by men and women, what we've decided to do was, at least for a straight community, um, 
we actually try to, for straight woman, we try to uh, prioritize or show um, to the ladies all the guys who already liked you so that, you know, the woman don't have to waste time on guys who might not have um, liked them. And um, whenever they feel like talking to somebody, they can actually um, uh, connect with them and start talking right away. And the reason why we do this is because what we observed is that, um, like I said, you know, quality and um, curation is such an important factor to women. Um, and we wanted to find a way to give, um, save time for ladies as much as possible and give more control over their dating experience. Right. I see. So, um, right. Okay. So let's, let's just walk through real quickly. So if I, let's say myself, uh, straight male, go on to your website, to the, to the app, I download it, enter all my, uh, information, uh, like you said. Um, and then basically, cause you just mentioned if a girl or if a guy likes you, um, so how does that actual process work? So if I'm just registered, yeah. So you, if you're a guy, then you just receive up to 21 quality bagels that we create for you. Um, and then you kind of go through them. If there are, you know, any women who are interested, who you find interesting, you, you just like, or if you don't, you're not interested in somebody, you pass. Um, then um, what happens is among the guys who already liked um, you for the ladies, we create the bagels among like people who already liked you. Oh, okay. So, so the twenty-one come to the guy at the very beginning. You just get that up yes. front. Okay. Yes. And so, what happens if okay, I don't like any. I'm picky, and I don't like any of the twenty-one. And then, is that it? Oh, then the <laughs> next day, yeah. Then you just uh, wait for the next day. Oh, oh. So it's every day. Okay. Um, yes. I see. Interesting. And then, so on the woman's side, uh, she logs in, sets up her account, um, and she just waits basically until guys get curated for her or is mm -hmm. there a liking process on her side as well she can um i mean there are different sections in the app where you can do that but um the the the, the main section um is reserved for uh curating guys who already liked her i see okay so that's pretty cool and i think that um i, I like how you guys use the uh the one like one off like friend of a friend or connection of a connection because that's uh that oftentimes is um well i mean it's like real life right i mean when you yeah. meet people uh you you get set up on on a date or something like that it's someone that you know uh and they know someone so it's one degree away um and so what is uh what's sort of the the revenue model on let's talk on the the business side now how do you guys make your money yeah, we are. We have a freemium um, model, which is you know the app is completely free to download and sign up. Mm -hmm. But if you want more matches, more bagels, um, then or there are some other premium services that you can um, unlock, then you can purchase uh, coffee beans, the virtual currency coffee beans, in order to access them. So that's our business model. Oh, okay. So, and that gives you just more matches, like quantity-wise. Um, that's one of the things that you could do um, from by purchasing beans. There are some other, um, you know, features that you could access, such as like unlocking the identity of mutual friends that you and your bagel have in common, or uh, reopening chats, or you know, checking if the activity level of the bagels that you are interested in checking out things like that. So more access to more information definitely is included. Ah, I see. Okay. That makes sense. And um, 
So uh, on a whole, is the demographic of your user base, I guess, is, is, is it more women on the app than men because of how you targeted it? Yes. Okay. So um, I guess that makes sense. And finally, which uh, are you basically? Is it a global app? Are you in uh, like? Is it available in all countries, or is it? Um, is there any stuff over in Asia that's available for uh, specific markets here? Yeah. So it's government's available. I mean, we haven't launched in like officially in everywhere in the world, but you can download and um, sign up for CMB. Uh, you know, CMB is what. Sometimes we call Coffee Meets Bagel a shortened version of um, yeah. Coffee Meets Bagel. Um, you can download an XSCMB anywhere in the world. Um, and we are, we've actually officially launched in Hong Kong and Singapore as far as Asia is concerned. Hong Kong and Singapore. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I can see it, it, it uh, taking off uh, pretty much globally. I mean, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great concept, I think. Um, so let's take a, a step back now and talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey because um, it's, uh, you know, that's another thing that we like to talk about on the show. Um, and, you know, just kind of running through people's, some successful entrepreneurs' background and how they came about it. So um, maybe you could give us a little bit of background first on what you did before you uh, launched Coffee Meets Bagel. Yeah, so what I did before CMB, um, it was some kind of like random collection of different things. I started my career out of Avon Products, which is a uh, what used to be, I don't think it's any longer, but um, one of the top 10 uh, cosmetic companies globally. And so I was doing internal consulting for um, Avon uh, US in New York City, then decided to go to business school. Um, and then out of that, worked in investing for a few years actually out of Hong Kong um, okay. in uh, doing special situation type of uh, investing um, for a while uh, before starting Coffee Meets Bagel. So very uh, diverse, but um, also a, a deep business business type background. And uh, so what was it, uh, I guess, what was the trigger point, I mean, that made you want to you know, pack up uh, the corporate life and actually pursue something uh, entrepreneurial. And then, not, you know, with your sisters, nonetheless, not just, you know, going out and starting a company on your own or with, with other business partners, but with your sisters. So t- maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I grew up um, uh, in an entrepreneurial family. My dad um, started his own company with... Um, his brother, uh, my uncle, and has dedicated all his life building out his company um, back in Korea. And so we grew up watching him just, um, uh, you know, growing, always just putting so much passion and ideation and um, dedication to, to his building his business. And that was very inspiring to see. And so the three of us always talked about starting something together. Um, and a few years ago, just the timing kind of came to, you know, we said it was the right time for us to actually start something. Um, and, you know, having worked in finance for a couple of years and, um, other things, what I came to realize is that, um, for, for me, at least the, the, uh, the biggest, the most impactful way to leave, like I say, in this world is to, to create 
um, and build something. And so um, we decided to embark on our entrepreneurial journey. We knew that we wanted to do something in the consumer space because we want to make tangible impact to lives of millions of people. We knew we knew we wanted to do something in technology because um, that's what um, you know. We really believe in the power of uh, power of tech and power of the internet. Power of um, and, and so yeah, that was the beginning of the journey. And we landed on dating um, because we thought it, it was an interesting problem. And um, you know, there has been so many studies about how the biggest predictor of human happiness is the quality of relationship that you have uh, with people in your life. And you know, what is more important than relationship than um, your relationship with a significant other? And right. so um, we feel very gratified to have played such a important role in um, so many people's lives um, in a positive way. Yeah, it's amazing. You guys have, have built, uh, you know, a household name of within uh, within that sector. So I think it's uh, it's fascinating and it's it's very uh, admirable what you guys have done. So at working as a, I mean, so as your your, you said your father was a an entrepreneur. So that certainly helps. I think, you know, uh, one of the topics that comes up a lot uh, on my podcast is is being based in Asia and and having entrepreneurs have to deal with um, parents that might not be as supportive. I know my parents were definitely not supportive. Uh, they were first-generation immigrants into the U.S., but their view was completely different. They were, their view was we, we were the entrepreneurs that came and had to make our way and fight for survival. So why, why would you guys do something that's so risky? Why not, why not <laughs> just go plug into a corporate job, which I'm sure you can relate to a little bit. Um, so I'm, uh, was there, I mean, your, your parents obviously, I guess were fine with it, supporting that all three of their daughters went off. How is it working with your sisters on a day-to-day basis? You know, I love it. Um, it's a, it's a, in the very beginning, you know, it took us time to figure out a way to work together, um, in a way that wouldn't like damage our sisterhood because we, you know, obviously we have a lot of history and, um, trying to uh, work together, giving feedback to each other as a sister uh, can be challenging. Um, but now I feel so lucky to be able to uh, work with, you know, woman uh, people, like two people that I trust um, and respect so much. And, um, you know, the fact that I get to spend so much time at work, uh, but at the same time, it like is a quality family time. Um, I, I feel very uh, lucky to be able to almost like I guess um, kill two birds with one stone, if you will. Yeah, it's that's that's pretty nice, and it's uh, something that most people don't have the luxury of uh, of experiencing. What are the different roles that you guys um, share, or, or specific roles that each of uh, the three sisters do? Uh, my older sister is a designer, um, so she's the one who designed um, everything. Uh, from the app experience to the product, um, initially, and now obviously we have a team. And Aru, um, my twin sister, uh, did product management and I did marketing um, and biz dev. I see. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's a good combination you guys have. Um, I, I really I, I I don't know how, again I don't know how these apps are but I I love the scarcity that you build in um, and your focus on quality because I think that that is definitely what 
you know, a separating point. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, when they begin the online dating, uh, you know, thing, uh, one of the uh, obviously the biggest deterrent is oh I don't you don't know what you're actually getting or there's there's always some risk or fear of the unknown which also makes it exciting but um, you know I think the scarcity of uh, the cadence of matches that you curate uh, definitely helps raise that level so uh, before we look to wrap up I have to ask you about um, your sort of fame infamous famous Shark Tank story. Um, where Mark Cuban actually offered you guys a large amount of money to to buy your company out, um, which which you guys turned down. So uh, maybe you could uh, tell our audience, remind our audience about uh, that story because I think it's really cool. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, so we were in Shark Tank. Um, now it's been a few years, um, but we were very uh, flattered to have received. Um, uh, at which at the time, you know, was an offer that was uh, made, I think was the largest um, mm-hmm. offer that was made in the show's history, uh, which was a takeover offer at $30 million. And, um, you know, we were obviously very flattered to have that re- have received that offer from Mark Cuban. It was very, very tech savvy. Right. So what was your, what was your first, I mean... What was your initial reaction? Was it kind of like, oh, uh, let me think about that for a second? Or was it an immediate, you guys all knew on the same page? It wasn't even a discussion that needed to be had. Um, no, we knew that it wasn't. There was no discussion necessary because we weren't there to sell our company. Got it. So it could have been $100 million bucks or whatever. It wouldn't have made a difference. You guys were just, that wasn't the purpose of it. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure there would have been an amount where we would have been like, mm, but we, we weren't there to sell the company. <laughs> right. And at that point, was it just, was it still a very skeleton crew, just like the three of you and maybe a couple other people on your team? Uh, you know, I can't remember at the time. I think it was like around 10 of us. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, well, thanks for your, uh, for your time today. Um, just a couple more questions. We, we're looking to wrap up here. Um, I want to ask you as a founder, startup founder, uh, that's, you know, achieved some, somewhat of a degree of success, uh, what sort of advice would you have for maybe aspiring entrepreneurs that might be sort of in, in your similar situation that you went down, maybe it worked at a couple of different jobs, uh, at large corporations, maybe you spent some time in finance, um, and maybe their parents are somewhat supportive of them, but they are not sure uh, exactly what to do or maybe how to get started. What advice would you give uh, to that sort of aspiring entrepreneur? Yeah, I think one uh, one advice that I give out to um, people who are starting off for the first time, you know, sometimes it can feel very daunting to and, and, and to think about like starting a company and sometimes you can feel very um, overwhelming, like you don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important that you dream big, but you um, set up small milestones that's going to really keep you moving instead of thinking about, okay, I want to start a you know billion dollar company. Um, you know, think of small milestones that you can achieve in the next week, next two weeks, next three weeks. So those are the things that are going to get you start moving. Um, and you know, unless you actually start moving, nothing's going to be done. Right. 
And so uh, whatever small milestones that you think is necessary to start moving and you know, you don't have to know, feel like you have to have everything figured out. You, you might not know, you know, after you've done like one, two, three things where you're going to be left at. You, um, and then at that time you might have to figure something out again um, as to what the next step should be, but that's okay. Um, no one starts with like, you know, perfect answer uh, already figured out. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, uh, it's important to have small milestone, but that, that, that dream big piece, of course, is going to be very critical in terms of um, getting you to be able to inspire yourself. You know, the, you know, startup is a long journey, and so you better have a very inspiring mission and vision that you feel truly, like, truly passionate about. Um, that's going to keep you going, you know, when there are obstacles and when there, and, and there will be, um, and that's going to, what that's going to, uh, that is going to be the thing that's going to inspire other people to join your journey. Um, because, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You're going to need a lot of team. You're going to need a lot of partners. You're going to need a lot of advisors who's going to, who's going to be willing to, um, help you. And so, um, you know, make sure in the very beginning you spend, um, you know, a lot more time than you think kind of honing down on, you know, what is it that, what is the world that I really want to achieve through this uh, company that I'm trying to build? Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, it's easy to, that's not easy, but it's, it's fun when you come up with, uh, you know, entrepreneurial ideas, startup ideas. Uh, and pursue them, you know, the first few months is always sort of uh, the honeymoon period where you're super excited about whatever idea you're on and you're getting everyone involved. But, you know, are you still going to be excited three months, six months, 12 months, years, you know, uh, down the line, which is what it, it often takes to build a successful startup. And I think people don't realize how difficult it actually is to build a company and how, you know, long it takes and how much work it, it takes. And so, you're absolutely right that when we have to have this sort of mentality that, you know, you just have to love it to the point where and be passionate and to the point where every day you can just consistently show up whether you feel like it or not. Um, and that's that's a lot easier said than done. Um, so uh, I appreciate that. I think our audience would appreciate that uh, piece of advice. Now, uh, finally, on your, your you mentioned uh, dreaming big, and uh, we've just gone over how you turned down Mark Cuban's offer uh, a few years ago for thirty million dollars. What are what are your your you and your team's uh, big picture goal for Coffee Meets Bagel? Yeah, you know, I really want CMB to be the enabler of authentic, honest connections for this generation and for many, many generations to come. And I think we're at an influx point um, as to how um, we form new relationships. You know, online dating has been around for a very long time, mm. but it's only this this today's generation, the mobile generation that has completely embraced um, in mainstream manner using dating apps to meet new people. So I think we have a very unique opportunity to be able to shape what that looks like for many, many years to come. I think, uh, you know, I don't, I hate, I don't really like bashing on um, other dating companies, but I think it would suck, to be honest, um, for that way to uh, look like Tinder for, 
for like you know that or anything that is like based on superficial swipe and um i really want coffee meets bagel to be able to shape uh um, and help enable mm. this like i said uh this generation to form um authentic honest connection using technology right Awesome. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, last question is where, where can our audience members find you, follow you, connect with you and maybe learn a little bit more about CMB? Yeah. Um, well, Coffee Meets Bagel is completely free to download on the App Store or Google Play, uh, depending on your device. Mm-hmm. I can be found um, on uh, my social media channels at Dawoon Kang, D-A-W-O-O-N-K-A-N-G on um, Instagram and Twitter. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your uh, hearing about your story and your, your insights and advice. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.